Well, please take your Bibles, and uh, our first scripture this reading is going to come from Psalms, so you can turn there, Psalm chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. We are in the middle of a message series uh, called, Lord, Make My Life Count. And right, you only get one life, you want to make sure that you make it count, both for now and for eternity. So, so far we've looked at three things. We've looked at make your work count, make your rest count. Last week we looked at make your faith count. Uh, Today we come to make your prayers count. What an important thing. Make your prayers count. So we're going to start in Psalm 5 this morning. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Psalm 5 verses 1 through 3, a psalm of David. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, we, I know that for many of us, prayer can be a challenge. For many of us, prayer is an enjoyment. Uh, But Lord, for all of us, we need to grow in our prayers. And so, Lord, I pray as we look at these verses and others like it this morning, that you would indeed speak to us about this such an important area of our life, of prayer, uh, that we might grow in this area uh, for our good and your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. The preacher Charles Spurgeon once said, It is a reading age, a preaching age, a working age, but it is not a praying age. And sadly, that could probably be said about almost any age uh, in history, right? And even though we may not live in a praying age, we are called to be a praying age. People. Now, everyone prays sometimes, okay? They say even atheists pray in foxholes, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a foxhole, but if you're there and the mortar shells are landing right next to you and gunfire is going over your head, I'm guessing you're praying, okay? Um, yeah, you may not have been in a foxhole, but if you've ever been on an airplane and you're flying and everything's smooth and all of a sudden you hit some turbulence and the plane suddenly does one of these things. Whoa! Everyone prays, right? Everyone prays, but not everyone prays the same. So how do you make your prayers count? How can you make prayer an important part of your life that indeed changes your life and the lives of those around you? There are so many things we could say about prayer. We're certainly not going to get to all of them in in just one message, right? Uh, But I want to share with you, highlight for you, four things from the scriptures this morning. Four biblical principles that will help you make your prayers count. You'll find all four of them in the uh, outline that's in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out. There's space to take some notes as well. But the four things we're going to look at this morning are pray early, pray often, pray specific, and number four, pray big. Pray big or go home. We'll get to that one too. So, but first of all, pray early. Pray early. Early morning prayer has such an important place in Scripture. 
And the lives of believers across the ages testify to the value and importance of early morning prayer. Now, for many of us, there's only two problems, okay? That's it, just two problems with this whole idea of early morning prayer. The first problem is that early part, right? The second part is the morning part. Those are the only two problems, okay, right? Early morning. We don't do, do so good with that, right? But why, why is this so important? Why should we seek to practice early morning prayer? Let me share several reasons with you. First of all, morning prayer sets the tone for your day. Sets the tone for your whole day. David writes this in Psalm 5.3. We just read it. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. David rose early for prayer and it made all the difference. Meeting God early and laying his requests before God gave him peace. And confidence throughout the day. God heard his prayers and, and David carried an attitude of expectation into the rest of his waking hours. I love what Robert Murray McShane wrote about early morning prayer. It's a little long, but it's so good. Listen, he wrote this. He said, I ought to pray before seeing anyone. And often when I sleep long or meet with others early, It is 11 or 12 o'clock before I begin secret prayer. This is a wretched system. It is unscriptural. Christ arose before day and went to a solitary place. David says, early will I seek thee. Thou shalt early hear my voice. Family prayer loses much of its power and sweetness, and I can do no good to those who come to seek from me. The conscience feels guilty, the soul unfed, the lamp not trimmed. Then when in secret prayer, the soul is often out of tune. I feel it is far better to begin with God, to see his face first, to get my soul near him before it is near another. Marvelous. You see, if you put off prayer in the morning, you're likely to put it off all day. E.M. Bounds writes in his classic book, Power Through Prayer. Classic book on prayer if you've never read it. Power Through Prayer. Jot it down. He writes this, Those who have done the most for God in this world have been early on their knees. He who fritters away the early morning, its opportunity and freshness in other pursuits than seeking God will make poor headway seeking him the rest of the day. If God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, who will be in the last place the remainder of the day. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, verse 147, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. And We can't all get up before dawn, right? But we can do this. We can make prayer the first thing we do for the day. And when you start your day with prayer, you are more likely to continue your day with prayer. So don't let let prayer get swallowed up by the day. Make prayer the foundation of your day. Morning prayer sets the tone for the whole day. And then a second reason to pray early is because God's mercies are new every morning. That's where you find them. 
You find them in the morning. We read in Lamentations chapter 3, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions or mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And you might not be a morning person, but guess what? Our God is a morning God. And his mercies are new every morning. And every morning when you wake up, God is just there waiting to meet with you. And why? Because he has fresh grace and mercy for your life. And you need only spend time with him to be strengthened for your day. Once again, we go back to David. King David, man, he knew how to start a day. Psalm 57, he says, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. Wow, that's how you start your day, right? Back to Robert Murray McShane. He wrote these words in his journal on February 23rd, 1834. Rose early to seek God and found him whom my soul loves. Who would not rise early? To meet such company. Begin your day with prayer. Lay hold of God's mercies for you in Christ. Because his mercies are new. Every morning. Don't miss out on any of them. And then a third reason to pray early. Is because Jesus set the example for you. You want to be like Jesus? I want to be like Jesus. He set the example. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see, Jesus knew the importance of starting the day right. He got up early, still dark, and he spent time with his heavenly Father in prayer. He made time alone with God a priority. Now, the way I do this nowadays is I like to take a prayer walk in the morning. I used to do it at home uh, on my knees by the sofa, and now I do a prayer walk. I love it. I get up, I put on my sneakers, I head outside, and I just take a 20-minute walk with the Lord. I, I begin just praising God, and then I confess any sin, and, and then I thank Him for His many blessings, and, and then I, I spend the rest of that time just praying for my family. That's my t- uh, family time for prayer. 20 minutes, get back to the house, grab a hot cup of tea, get my favorite easy chair, grab the Bible, spend 20 minutes in God's Word. I like to call it my 2020, right? 20 minutes in prayer, 20 minutes in God's Word. And I like to tell people, do you want your spiritual vision to be 2020? You want that, right? Begin your day with the Word of God and with prayer. Joseph Aline was a pastor in England in the 1600s who rose early for prayer. You see, people have been doing this a long time, folks. They've been getting up early for prayer. If he heard other tradesmen out about town doing their work before he was up, he would exclaim, oh, how this shames me. Does not my master deserve more than theirs? He might say, you know what? It's hard for me to get up in the morning. It's not easy. I get it. I get it. There is an easy fix for that, by the way. It's, it's just... Weird thing, it's like one weird trick. Go to bed earlier, wake up early. It's amazing how that works, right? Maybe you have a late night schedule. Then think in terms of first, 
rather than early. For you, early might mean 11 a.m. or noon or 2 p.m., who knows? But still make prayer the first thing you do when you wake up. There's something so important about starting your day with prayer, giving God first place in your life when it comes to your time and your schedule. And when you do this on a regular basis, your life begins to change in significant ways as you give God the first part of your day. So you want to make your prayers count? Then start with this first principle, pray early. That's the longest one we'll be looking at this morning because it's probably the most important one. But these other ones are important too. Number two, secondly, pray often. Pray often. You know, around election time, we often uh, hear about vote early and often. Now, I don't recommend that you do that, okay? But I do recommend that you pray early and often, right? Pray early, pray often. How do you do that? Well, first of all, bookend your days with prayer. Bookend your days with prayer. We already talked about praying in the morning when you get up, but it's also important to pray at night when you're going to sleep, as you're lying in your bed. We read this in Psalm 4. When you're on your beds, what should you be doing? Search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices, sacrifice of prayer, and trust in the Lord. You see, morning is a good time to lay out your day before the Lord in prayer. Night is a good time to reflect on your day, to confess any sin, to thank God for the mercies that he gave you this day, and then recommit yourself to him as you rest up for another day. Charles Spurgeon said, prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. Devotion should be both the morning and the evening star. How do you pray often? First of all, bookend your days with prayer. And then secondly, pray at key points throughout your day. Back to David in the uh, the Psalms. David writes Psalm 55, 17. He says, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. And he hears my voice. You know, the Jews and the early Christians, they all had set times of prayer throughout the day. Where are you going? Oh, it's time for prayer. They go out for prayer. Daniel in the Old Testament prayed three times a day, right? Now, I don't believe that God would have us to be legalistic. That we're not, I don't believe we're supposed to set up set times of prayer. It's like everybody has to pray at this time. But we should still stop and pray at key times throughout the day. So how do you do that? It's real easy. When you hear someone in trouble, don't just say, oh, that's too bad. Stop and pray for them. When God brings someone to your mind, well, I haven't thought about them for a while. Pray for them. And then have other specific times when you will stop and pray. You know, we have specific times uh, built into the week here at our church. When we pray, we pray before classes. We pray before rehearsals. We pray before services. We pray during services. We pray during staff, uh, uh, staff meetings on Monday mornings. We pray during our Wednesday midweek service. It's good to have specific times for prayer set up during your day and your week. How do you pray often? Bookend your days with prayer. Pray at key points throughout your day. And then thirdly, learn to pray without ceasing. Or as Paul puts it in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray continually. And you're probably wondering, well, how in the world do I do that? I I can't 
just pray all the time. I got work to do. I can't close my eyes when I'm driving. It takes a lot of faith, but I don't recommend that one, okay? You know, what does this mean? Pray continually. And obviously, we can't just be praying all the time, doing nothing but praying 24 hours a day. But that's not what we mean by praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing simply means this. It means that you bring an attitude of prayer into everything you do. And so when you begin a new task, what do you do? Commit it to the Lord in prayer. When something good happens, what do you do? You thank God for it. When something bad happens, what do you do? You pray to God about it. There's an old book I love. It's called Practicing the Presence of God. It's a wonderful book. It teaches you that this is something you've got to practice. You've got to work at it. I remember when I was in high school and I first started working on this, I thought, hey, how am I going to remember to pray to God during the day? And then I remembered, you know what? The bell rings every 50 minutes. I'm just going to let that be my reminder. Have I prayed? You know, the bell would go off. Oh, man, I didn't pray at all. So I'd pray on the way to the next class. And, and I'd try to do that. That helped me build up practice. I still need help. I just got this Fitbit thing. You know what? At the 10 minutes to every hour, it buzzes and yells at me. It says, you haven't moved in the last hour. Get up and move. It's like, okay, well, it's reminding me to move, but you know what? I can use that as a prayer reminder. I'll get up and do my 250 steps, and I can pray to God. Find ways to do it. You've got to practice the presence of God. We need to learn to be aware of God's presence with us in all the activities of our day. In other words, prayer is not something you do in the morning and get it out of the way. No, it's an all-day affair. There's an old song by a Uh, an artist, John Fisher, that I often sing. It's called the All Day Song. It's real simple. It goes like this. Love him in the morning when you see the sun arising. Love him in the evening because he took you through the day. And in the in-between times when you feel the pressure rising, remember that he loves you and he promises to stay. See, that's what it is. You pray all day long. D.L. Moody once said, I never pray more than five minutes at a time. But then he said, but I never go five minutes without praying. Okay? It's like, ah, that's how you do it. Now, I'm sure there were times he spent more than five minutes in prayer, but it's a great point, praying with God throughout the day. So do you want to make your prayers count? Pray early, pray often. And now number three, Pray specific. Why? Because general prayers yield general results. Specific prayers yield specific results. It's good to pray, Lord, please bless my family today. That's good. It's better to pray specifically for your family. So how do you pray specific? A couple things here. First of all, pray for specific people. Paul wrote to the Philippians, in all my prayers For all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul prayed for specific people at the churches where he had served. And we need to pray for the specific people that God has put in our lives. Now, you can try and work off your memory for this, but I found that I can only do a good job praying for specific people if I have a list. Once again, started this back in high school. I put my first prayer list together. It was so fun. It was exciting. Had a list of about 40 to 50 people, so it wasn't huge or anything like that, but just family, friends, and people I knew at school, and I divided them up between Monday through Friday. I couldn't pray for 50 people every day, you know, and so I'd pray for some on a Monday and some on a Tuesday and, and broke it up that way. Each day I'd pray for specific people on my list. 
When I was youth pastor here at this church, uh, I kept a list of all of our youth, and I prayed for each one. As your pastor, I keep a list, and I pray for each one of you specifically by name. So pray for specific people. And then secondly, pray for specific needs. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so I don't just pray for my family each morning. I'm out in my prayer walk. I don't just say, dear God, please be with my family, be with my family, be with my family. Oh, 12 more minutes, be with my family. No, I pray specifically for them. I know what's going on in Rosie's life. I know what's going on in Ramon and Sam and Rachel and Tim's life. I pray for specific needs in their lives. And once again, a prayer list is helpful in keeping track of various needs. We have a lot of needs here as a church. I could never remember it all, but we have a list. Did you know we have a prayer list? Do you know we put copies out in the round table every week? Do you know that some of you pick up one of those every week and pray for the needs of our church? Do you know that some of you don't know that it even exists, so you've never been able to do that? Now you know, it's there. You know, pick one up on your way out from church each Sunday, or even better, pick it up on your way in so you don't forget it. Pray for specific needs. Specific people, needs, and then thirdly, very important, pray for specific outcomes. Pray for specific outcomes. James 4.2 says this, You do not have because you do not ask God. How many times have we missed out on God's best for us simply because we failed to ask? And so, yeah, it's good to pray for specific people and specific needs, but it's also good to pray for specific outcomes. If you do not pray specifically, how will you know when God has answered your prayer, right? James 5.17 says this, Elijah, he's a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, specific outcome, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, this time for rain, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. That is specific prayer for specific outcomes. Um, I've shared this with some of you before. I have specific prayers that I pray for our church. Uh, I always pray for our church uh, for its spiritual growth first. And I pray specific things for that. I pray for uh, our, our numbers at church. Right now, our average weekly attendance is about 180 to 200. Praise God. That's a good-sized church. Uh, I've been praying that God will grow those numbers to 400 to 500. You might say, well, pastor, where did you come up with those numbers? I prayed about it. <laughs> I asked God, I said, God, what do you want me to be praying? And that's what I believe he's led me to do. So I pray for that. And then uh, I, I pray for our giving. Right now, our average weekly giving is about $10,000 a week. Praise God. We can do a lot of ministry with that. I've been praying that God will raise that to twenty dollars to $25,000 a week. Why? Because with that, we can increase ministry to our community. We can increase our missions around the world, fulfilling the Great Commission. Uh, we can do the things that God is calling us to do. Every week, I pray God will grow our church spiritually, numerically, financially, demographically, all age groups. I pray for specific outcomes. Why? Because if I don't pray specifically, I will never know if God answered my prayers. And that leads us to our fourth principle this morning, which is pray big, right? Pray big or go home. Now, it's okay to pray for small things too, right? That's part of praying to God throughout your day. Little things come up, 
give God all those little things too, but you should also pray big. Never be afraid to pray big. Let me share with you three reasons. First of all, we serve a mighty God. We serve a big God. And so you pray big. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. We serve a mighty God. He created all things. Nothing is too difficult for our God. There are no tasks too big for God to accomplish. There are no problems too big for God to fix. There are no issues too complicated for God to resolve. You know, we sing that praise chorus that says, Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. And then there's that old hymn by John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace. This was a different hymn. But I love this verse where he reminds us, Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. Why do we pray big? First of all, because we serve a mighty God. Secondly, we sh- you should pray big because Jesus is our mediator. Jesus is our mediator. Now, we're more used to thinking uh, about Jesus as our mediator in terms of our salvation. And that's true. When it comes to salvation, Jesus is our mediator. He's our only way to be restored to relationship with God the Father. But the Bible teaches us Jesus is also our mediator when it comes to prayer. Listen to Jesus' words here in John 14. Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And if you do not positively gasp when you read those words, then you didn't read it right. Go back and read it again. This is huge. Jesus promises that he will do Whatever you ask in his name, that will bring glory to the Father. Of course, that rules out any selfish requests. That's not going to bring glory to the Father. Rules out any immoral requests. But when you go to God the Father in prayer, through Jesus as your mediator, you have Jesus on your side, and he will do whatever it takes to bring glory to God the Father. Now there's an incentive. To pray big. So we pray big because we serve a mighty God, because Jesus is our mediator. And then finally, pray big because we are told to pray in faith, believing. It doesn't take a lot of faith to pray something small. It takes some faith, but when you pray for something big, it takes faith, doesn't it? Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this anthill, no, he didn't say that, did he? No, if anyone says, this mountain, big, right, something big, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let me just give you a couple examples in closing. When Rosie and I first got here back in 2012, yeah, 11 years ago, you know, our church had a mortgage then. It was about $1.1 million. 
And as a church, we had another 16 years of payments to go. And a lot of you were praying because you shared with me. You said, Pastor, we're praying that God is going to remove that debt, that we are going to be debt-free. He'll completely eliminate that. And praise God, that was a big prayer. That's a big mountain, isn't it? God answered your prayers. And by God's grace, we were able to pay off that mortgage in just the next three years, making us debt-free in 2015 instead of, yeah, still in the future, 2028. Praise God. Right. You pray in faith, believing. Last example, the church I pastored in Massachusetts before I came here, we didn't have a building. We just met in a junior high, and it was a smaller church, didn't have a lot of financial resources. We couldn't afford a building, but we needed a building. So I prayed every week. I committed myself. Prayed every week, God, would you please just give us a building? You know, just give us a building. You know, four years, I prayed that. Four years, every week. God has a great sense of humor. He gave that church... A whole complex, building, property, and everything the month after I left. (laughs) But you see, when you pray in faith, believing, you believe that God can do the impossible. You believe that God can do that which you cannot see. And when you pray in faith, believing, you pray big because nothing is impossible for our God. Amen? Amen. So there you you have it. Real simple message today. I couldn't make it any simpler for you. Four biblical principles to make your prayers count. You know, there's nothing more exciting than knowing that the God of the universe who created all things has heard and answered your prayers. You go, wow, I prayed, and God listened to me. Yeah, through Jesus, he did that. But yeah, he listened to you, and he answered your prayer. There is power in prayer to bring untold blessings and goodness to the world around you, and you have been given that power in Jesus Christ. So, pray early, pray often, pray specific. And pray big. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. (laughs) Dear God, we thank you for the awesome privilege of prayer. That we can open our mouths or just pray in our thoughts. And you, the great God and creator of all, hear and answer our prayers through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, it's such an amazing thing. We are so sorry that we are often lacking in discipline. We're so sorry for all of the blessings that we have let pass for ourselves and our loved ones and for this world because we did not pray. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, if we are experiencing conviction right now, I pray that we would make some new commitments to you. Lord, I pray that you would convict us, challenge us, but Lord, encourage us. Let us lay hold of these great promises that you've given us in your word that we might be encouraged to make a fresh start in prayer, starting today and tomorrow morning as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.